do about that. So there's lots to get to. Let's get to it. Sorry, it's a little messy this morning because when I when I do an intro that's different than my usual intro, it's it's a different setup, and so it just kind of makes me and the timing's a little bit off as well. So it just makes things a little weird. Anyway, apologies, but let's get to it first. Um, we're gonna start with election coming up. Mercedes Stevenson says the first bit of news for my interview with Prime Minister Trudeau. Trudeau says anti-Semitism rise is terrifying after teen terror charges. Full interview this week on the West Block and again on Christmas Day. And it's it's just interesting they're trying to use this for political hake still. And you can't ride the fence as hard as these liberals are riding the fence and expect both sides to not take notice. And so like the anti-Semitism thing, the Islamophobia thing, different ministers are talking to, well, the same representatives in the same room. And it's interesting because it really gets nothing done. Like there's no value to this, to the Canadian, to the average Canadian taxpayer. It's meant to virtue signal to the electorate and that's it. And it's Nonsense. It's pretty well nonsense. Garrett says, here we have the CBC, an absolutely proven liberal propaganda machine paid by Trudeau, and you project it as good. What this shows clearly is that they are all putting on a show. The CBC are working along with Trudeau to give Polyev a majority by projecting that Pierre is the man of the people. They want to help swing people to the conservatives. Why? Because through Pierre, the UN wins just as they did with Trudeau. It's the pendulum pendulum of problem, reaction, solution, and we are falling for it, I think. Uh, all the while, where all the while, the only party that will stop the slide into the world government or over our own nation or our own national interests is completely ignored. The PPC is the only party that will stop it. Wake up, he says. And this is interesting because Rosie Barton, who's interviewing Trudeau, uh, says that Pierre Polyev, you know, really got it and you didn't. And Trudeau says, uh, kind of agrees. Like there, it's, it's an interesting, it's a weird interview. It's almost two minutes, uh, but it's not all Trudeau. Here we go. Has declined overall, but the food inflation is still punishing for a lot of Canadians. They're feeling squeezed. They have to make really hard choices. Do I get Christmas presents? Do I buy this many groceries? Like those are real things that are happening to people. It does seem though, as though Pierre Poiliev understood that and tapped into that long before you did. Oh, absolutely. Well, why, why is that? Why well, did no, you no, not no. see I mean, that? It's not that he understood that. It's that he's done a really effective job of reflecting that back and amplifying mm -hmm. it to people. We've been hearing that across the country for years But why now, did you not reflect it back and amplify it back? Why, why did you, why did that room be, why, why was that room left to him? It, it wasn't necessarily left to him, but mm -hmm. when you're trying to solve an extremely complex situation that requires a number of different solutions, yes, we delivered a grocery rebate, yes, we cut childcare fees in half, mm -hmm. uh, yes, we stepped up with increasing the Canada Child Benefit, uh, yes, we're working on competition to make sure that the big grocers, uh, you know, don't don't take advantage of of the very small number of very large grocery chains in this country. Uh -huh. Those are all complex and different paths. Sure. Whereas if you're just shouting and saying it's Trudeau's fault, uh, he's raising it, the price of everything because he's put he's fighting climate change uh -huh. and, and uh -huh. put a, a price on pollution. Um, that's a really easy message. And the things that we are doing are meaningful and real and thoughtful and and you know we're busy doing them not just sort of taking out uh, uh, youtube space on on amplifying those concerns so it's an interesting there were there were words on the screen but i wanted to hear the actual interview i didn't i didn't use the video for the words on the screen the words on the screen made 
significant points. There were certain times where Trudeau was saying, you know, it's not Trudeau's fault, or if you're screaming, it's all Trudeau's fault. The words on the screen said a lot of the issues that we're dealing with are directly because of the policies of the Trudeau, Trudeau government. It, it is Trudeau's fault. And so that's an interesting, it's interesting to take note of. Um, and fundamentally, it's interesting at the beginning of the interview where Rosie says, you know, these things were uh, what taxpayers were concerned about. P part of the job of politicking is listening to the public, telling the public that you heard them by reiterating their problem. So the public says, houses are too expensive. And the politician says, everyone says houses are too expensive. And the, and the public listen. And then they say, and then they listen for the solution, right? My solution as a politician is X, Y, Z, right? And so it's, it's interesting that Rosie is asking Trudeau, you know, you heard this from the electorate. You're claiming that you heard this from the electorate and you, you really didn't do anything. It took Pierre Polyev to come out and articulate these concerns. Why did you leave that space to him if you knew about it? And he says, well, you know, we're, we're working to solve these complex problems. But the carbon tax itself is inflationary. He's causing the inflationary issues with his monetary policy. So he's, he says one, on one hand that he's trying to fix these monetary issues. And on the other hand, policies don't fix the issues. The policies make it worse. And I've had other examples of this as well. Wall Street Silver, again, he's usually an American guy, but he's highlighting Pierre Polyev again today. And he says, we have a new phenomenon not seen since the last great, at least the Great Depression. Middle class people are becoming homeless, fully employed carpenters and nurses living in parking lots in Canada. Eight years ago, this would have been unimaginable. And he, you know, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Here's uh, Pierre Polyev. We have a new phenomenon not seen since at least the Great Depression, where middle class people are becoming homeless, fully employed carpenters and nurses living in parking lots, in cars, in Canada. Eight years ago, this would have been unimaginable. What happened? Justin Trudeau happened. That's what happened. Now we learn the news that people are leaving Canada in record numbers. Canada used to be a beacon of hope. People around the world would clamor to get into our doors. Now, when they arrive, they look around and say, what happened to this place after eight years? And they flee for the exits. And who can blame them? Because after eight years of Justin Trudeau, everything feels broken. No, after eight years of Justin Trudeau, everything is broken. And what does he do when the heat starts? He divides distract. He will once again tear apart the country turn Canadian against Canadian. We know how he does it. He divides by race, sexuality, vaccine status, and now region. That is his. So, I mean, it's a, a very, um, well, there's lots of barbs in that speech. There's lots of attacks. It feels very election-y, right? Here's Her Hersey, and she says, uh, Trudeau has an, added another tax starting January 1st, 2024. There will be a second CPP. If you make $70,000 or more, expect to you and your employer to pay an additional $5,000 each per year. So that's that's a lot of money, right? That's a lot of money. Um, the maximum, oh, not 5,000 as suggested. The maximum contribution to the enhanced CPP is 188 and not 5,000 as, as suggested. There's, hmm, hold on a second. Here is the 
CanadaPension.ca articles, CPPOAS, and it says impact of the increase on contributions and benefits. And it says here 4077 for employers based on 68500 So it's not only if you make 70000 and above. It's just if you make 70000 it's roughly $5,000 that you and your employer are going to have to contribute to this thing over the period of a year. Right. So that's I think that's accurate, regardless of what the community note says. The community notes seem to be taken over. So that's interesting. Right. Like that's an interesting thing. It's also ridiculously um, convoluted. To, like it's not it's not super easy to understand. Right. And that's that's a problem. Let's talk about. So so uh, why I was showing you that is because all of these extra taxes are things that our ammunition for the conservatives can easily be repealed without much of a, a hit to any budgets or anything like that, et cetera, et cetera. And it will make it, I mean, easy pickings, like shooting uh, fish in a barrel, if you will, uh, to for the conservatives to win the next election. It just seems, it seems set up to me. It seems, it seems like we're being manipulated, right? On this, on this dance, it's a waltz and we're just changing partners, right? The guy in the blue suit, for the now now we're dancing with the guy in the red suit and we'll just change for the guy in the blue suit that's why i was showing you that okay let's talk about carbon and co2 and all of the rest of that garbage and nb new brunswick power uh, they say this is the official account of new brunswick power okay and they say 6 30 a.m update our restoration teams made good progress overnight and have restored power to 80,000 customers additional crews are joining us today to provide increased support work continues throughout the province with teams assessing damage and performing repairs to ensure we restore power safely and efficiently to all new brunswickers estimated times to restoration are being updated on our website please keep in mind that there are estimates these are estimates only and could change as damage assessments continue etrs are available here again we thank you for your patience as we continue our restoration okay so say the power goes out overnight and you're one of these 80,000 people and you've been waiting six hours and your car was chart your car was plugged in but you couldn't use it um but you couldn't like charge it because the power was out and then you get up in the morning and you don't have enough power to get to work right oh man shucks right can you imagine everybody in the neighborhood like that that's 2035, baby. Like, you don't have to imagine for long because it's happening. Here's National Post. They're reporting government finalizes rules forcing all new cars to be electric or hybrid by 2035. If you're forced to get something, probably get a hybrid. But if you can, you know, poke them in the eye and keep your keep your very simple car, gas, et cetera, do that. But they're gonna they're going to use every tool in their toolbox, including like taking insurance it, they'll make it illegal to drive gas powered cars they'll they'll not insure them they'll say there's a hazard on the road they'll say it makes breathing hard and all sorts of crazy stuff true north is reporting this is finance minister galbo and minister galbo has asked why the government plans to ban new gasoline and diesel vehicle sales by 2035 given the in, the inadequate charging infrastructure for electric vehicles we as humans right now our society is structured to think short-term we are think we are taught to be selfish we are taught to be we're, we're not taught to think about our parents we're not taught to think about our future and kids and family and your responsibilities and things like that we're taught to be very very like what do you want you can be anything you want to be uh you want to be a you know princess you want to be a, a airplane pilot or something like that you can do anything you want to do because it's 2023 or whatever right but we are not taught about our responsibility to the past or the future we're not taught about that and we're not good at thinking long term most people don't play chess most people don't think 
two, two moves ahead, never mind five moves ahead. So they don't think about the drawbacks of an electric car. So they're going to listen to this, what he says, and think that sounds really reasonable without thinking about the idea that you can't make a 30-hour drive. Like if on the map it says this is going to take you 30 hours, you can't make a 30-hour drive if you have enough drivers to do it straight through. You can't just keep going. You have to stop and charge that car. It's like having a horse. You can't just ride that horse. The horse needs to sleep or eat or, you know, do the things horses do. The electric car (laughs) has limitations that gasoline-powered vehicles do not have, and most people don't think about it. And then that doesn't even get into cold weather. That doesn't get into all the other limitations as well. There are limitations that gasoline-powered, or there are limitations that um, battery-powered vehicles have that prohibit them from being a good idea in Canada, period. But a lot of people are going to listen to this and think that sounds really reasonable. They're on the they're on the way. Their policy worked in the provinces they've tested it on, and now they're going to roll it out Canada wide, and they're not going to question it at all. And it's going to be perfect. Do you think it's perfect in the provinces they rolled it out? I I reported the other day in the Netherlands, Geert, what's his face, is going to come in and clean up all the stuff. And then somebody from the Netherlands who watches the show, thank you, um, responded and said, "No, man." Um, that's not going to happen. It's, it's not going to happen. It's all the same. They're all they're all working for the same people. Anybody who gets in that position is is not going to actually do this. So you know, I'm watching to see, but I feel like we're falling for a grift and listening to these people who just tell lies as easily as drink water. It, it's more fool us, right? Like we're we are being taken for a ride, and we should stop believing their lies. Here's Galbo lying to us. Okay, here you go. There is still a lot of skepticism about having this infrastructure in place, uh, even by by 2026, when that first goal is to be reached. Um, Shouldn't the government be working on having that infrastructure in place before uh, creating these targets? Two provinces are already above that 20% threshold, Quebec Quebec and, and BC. And why are they above that threshold? Because they've put in place similar systems as the one we're announcing here today. Those two provinces have deployed charging stations before other provinces. They have their own incentives. I worked on the Quebec system when I was at Equitaire, and it works. Um, so we are deploying we are deploying infrastructure infrastructure charging stations. Uh, already twenty five thousand have been have been installed. We'll get to about eighty five thousand by by twenty twenty nine. So so it is happening. And as Julie was saying, eighty percent of people will charge their vehicle at home. So there is still a need for 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 an infrastructure systems for um for for cross country uh, for for longer distances. But by and large, most EV owners will charge themselves at at, at home right so you know we don't even need the infrastructure every house is a bit of infrastructure right you just pull up and charge there my electricity is your electricity comrade (laughs) that's not good right that is not good Uh, uh, this guy says canadian healthcare avoider says you won't have a car that's as simple as that and the few people running around with non-evs will have their insurance revoked by the stakeholder capitalism of public private insurance rackets their charts are meaningless. They all want you freezing in the dark with no escape. The federal government released their EV mandate today. Of all the Soviet-style top-down market-defying policies they have implemented this year, this may be the most egregious. It restricts then prohibits the sale of non, non-electric vehicles by 2035 in Canada. I, like, I, there's an age I'm going to be that sounds a very realistic age for people to be in 2035. <laughs> like, hold on, I have to do the math to figure out. 
So I'll be 54 years old. That sounds like a very, you know, I could be 54 years old. I could see myself as a 54 year old person, right? So I'm going to be alive during this whole thing. And all of a sudden they're going to be restricting the product. And they are now, right? Starting in 20, when, when do they want to start this? 2026. They want to restrict then completely ban sale of a specific product that people want in Canada. And I mean, they do that now with a bunch of, a bunch of different things. But it's very, very interesting how they're using these bans and the justification for them. And it is not, it's not going to help. It's going to harm Canada, Canadians, and our ability to, to live. It is not good. It's bad. Toronto Star is reporting North American electric vehicle mandates are destined to fail. It's not clear that sufficient capacities will be available to produce enough electric vehicles to achieve the mandates being imposed on Canadians and Americans. Yep. I mean, it's as simple as that. If anybody looks at any of the basics of what you need to produce an electric car, it is very, very clear that cars that have an engine, a gas engine that can produce their own energy rather than storing up energy that's produced elsewhere. Superior, absolutely superior. You ha do you have a, an electric skidoo, right? Like, I mean, they do have these electric skidoos and there were people who were absolutely ripping on them. Like, why would I use this when there are gas powered skidoos? The gas doesn't freeze. <laughs> the gas will actually work in, in minus 35, right? Like your, your battery won't. Um, Steve says more EV disasters. VW's <clears throat> $2 billion EV charging network doesn't work. My experience with, electri with Electrify America is that out of any four chargers, one of them is completely dead. One or two of them are downrated and, that, and there might be a fourth charger that is working. So that's, uh, I mean, right? That's pretty terrible. That's a pretty terrible track record. 25 25% working properly. Here's what an electric bus looks like when it goes up in flames. I don't like the beeps and boops. Maybe it uh, goes up now. Imagine you're on the bus. Do you have enough time to get off the bus if you're in the back? Whoa, there's like foam coming out of the side of the battery here. So do you, if you're sprayed with this hot, I don't know if it's hot or cold, probably hot, looks hot. And then there's flames coming out of the top of the bus. This has been 20 seconds since this bus was engulfed in flames the incident caused no injuries this bus is going to drive around it totally engulfed so apparently the, nobody was on the bus but if you were on the bus do you think you'd have time to get off in 20 seconds i've seen they used to do uh rescue 911 uh, with robert stack i think his voice was fantastic and i remember seeing different rooms i don't know why they did this maybe it wasn't rescue 911 but maybe it was robert stack who narrated but fundamentally they had different different living rooms and different kind of trappings in the living room to show you how quickly these living rooms and things go up. And like, you know, uh, a careless uncle laying on the couch with a cigarette in his hand and falls asleep, right? And uh, <laughs> that's my worst Robert Stack. <laughs> and and then 25 seconds later, you know, the curtains are going up and then 40 seconds in, the whole room is engulfed. Um, and it's just it just seems to me these represent an intolerable risk for you know, time of complete engulfment and time needed to get out of anywhere that might you know catch fire or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. The rescue nine one one or whatever had a time period for like how long before you couldn't get out anymore, which I thought was kind of pressing. I thought, man, like what a thing to put on TV. Uh, David Mulroney says Canada's twenty five billion dollar equalization program needs major fixing. No one in Ottawa wants to talk about it. 
Without Alberta's oil wealth, Ottawa would have less tax revenue to redistribute, it, re redistribute to have-not provinces. I think this whole idea of provincial welfare within Canada is strange. I think it's a very strange thing. And I think it's weird that Quebec gets $13 billion of Alberta's money. Like that's really weird. It's really strange. Um, so I don't know how you go about fixing it either because Quebec's people in Quebec are going to get really upset about a $13 billion missing from their coffers, right? If you say, we're not going to do that anymore. Um, like, so how do you, how do you unring that bell? And how do you unring that bell? It's a complicated problem unless you're, unless you're genuinely working for the citizens, right? I think you could unring the bell. I think you could, but you, you, by making sure that all Canadians have access to the, to the wealth of the country equally. And like you make, Quebec help them develop their resources to a degree where they're so rich they're not missing the 13 billion and everybody else too right Ontario has resources it can develop and, and ship put pipelines across the freaking country you could fix this problem you could fix the problem you just have to have politicians who want to work for the people for the country to develop the wealth develop the wealth properly ignore this ignore these made up problems that are these lying crooked politicians are trying to sell us um, and actually solve the problems we could fix the problem right and when i say that i'm not saying it's easy and and i'm not saying you need to have some kind of vision to actually do it right you need to have practical how to do it because saying it is well, I mean, practically, you build pipelines. Practically, you develop the national resources within the country here. Practically, you stand up to the feds and say, no more, not happening. We're going we're gonna to fly them out, and then we're going to take you to court. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But there are solutions. There have to be solutions. And we can do this if people want to. But it seems like people still don't believe that this is even happening. They think that they're being good, being virtuous, by not saying anything about the culture being wiped out. And, and I don't think either is true. An unacceptable Canadian girl is responding to the National Post. Government finalizes rules forcing all new cars to be electric or hybrid by 2035. She says, what happens when Canadians can't afford new cars? What happens when auto companies can't sell their old stock? Make no mistake, this is all part of owning nothing and being happy. Yeah, CBC Watcher says gas taxes will shoot up by 6.4 cents per liter on Canada Day unless the province extends the gas tax cut. That would make the cost of filling up a minivan go up by more than $4 overnight. So it is very interesting the lengths, in Ontario anyway, the Ford government's going to like cutting the gas taxes to deal with the cost of living crisis, even though Trudeau continues to double and triple down on bad policies it's almost like Doug Ford, because like if it was more painful the liberals would be more hated right so it's almost like Doug Ford's using our own money to placate us just like with the electricity prices um, we're using tax dollars to pay down electricity prices from the government and then we pay our electricity bills too because the electricity bills would be too high because of the green debacle maybe if people understood how expensive that stupidity was then then we'd not repeat it or not let politicians lead us down the primrose path. It seems like we're being, we're, we're being managed with our own money through taxes, et cetera, to make something that politicians did not as bad so that we don't get as mad as we should, maybe. And then we let them do it again, right? It's all about grifting. But one of the other things they're doing with this gas tax going up 
is as they introduce electric cars, they need a reason for people to migrate away from gas vehicles. So they're going to make gas super expensive, super duper expensive. And, and, and then in that way, they're going to say, see, it's cheaper to own an electric vehicle, but it's not. And I've showed that before. Here's Catherine Austin Fitz. And here she's talking about technologies, secret technologies. And she mentions weather modification. And we've been talking about weather modification, spraying in the skies. Ontario, well, where I'm at in Ontario, hasn't really had any snow. We had one morning where there was snow and it was a shock. I was like, oh, wow, there's snow. But other than that, no snow, not cold enough, not cold really at all. Um, Even today, it's not very cold. And I think weather modification is to blame. I don't think climate change is to blame because it's it's a grift. It's a way to take control. Climate change is no more real than than COVID was. And so here's Catherine Austin Fitz talking about, I think it's at 12 minutes, but it's worth it to hear the setup here. She's talking about secret technologies. She's talking about having maps of the world and understanding that um, there are people who want to be ensconced in the mainstream media bubble, the reality that is constructed for us, the narrative. They prefer it there. It's easier there. You don't have to think too much there. And then there's the financial reality of the world where um, what's going on is very, very concerning on a lot of different levels. And Fitz lays this out in this. It's a 20-minute speech. It was given a month ago. She's been ringing ringing the alarm bells about this for a while. Here's Catherine Austin Fitz talking about secret technologies. Here we go. Into separate civilizations. And so we've had a group of people since World War II who've taken huge amounts of money stolen in secret or siphoned in secret who've built very powerful uh, invisible technology and the rest of us kind of didn't notice. You know, we're busy doing what we're doing and these guys are taking and building this technology behind a wall of secrecy. And we have literally become as if separate civilizations and, and with very different learning metabolisms and very different maps of the world. So. Uh, anything we can do to figure out and get educated in invisible technology would be very helpful and help to explain reality. Let me give you a couple of examples. Surveillance technology and control files. We're watching 190 plus presidents behave in very incoherent, illogical ways, right? That's because a lot of them have control files and that was generated by the surveillance system. Understanding that is helpful. People like Snowden have come along and tried to explain it to us. A second one that I deal a lot with and publish a lot about is mind control. Um, We are dealing, uh, you know, to a certain extent, well, I'll tell you this, I'll I'll give this as an example. In in 2001, before 9-11, I did a series of speeches in New Zealand, Sweden, the city of London, and in most of the 50 states in the United States. And in every audience, I said to the audience, how many people here watch TV? and less than 10% of the people would raise their hand. And I realized, oh, my audience are people who don't own TVs. That's my audience. And that's because, um, and, and you're seeing this bifurcation and it's splitting families and friends everywhere. You know, you, you have a group of people who want to stay in the official reality. A lot of times they ingest an enormous amount of the old media and they do it by digital mechanisms. And one of the things influencing that is mind control. It's a big topic. If you go to the Soleri Report and put mind control in the search box, we have collections of all of our favorite books, videos, and sort of documentaries to help you grapple with that. Weather manipulation, a very big topic. Also, engineering acts of war that look like natural disasters is another area. Um, 
it's a, it's a big topic. There's a lot of unanswered questions. But if you look at, again, 190 presidents or prime ministers all basically speaking the same script, what is the power and force that could do that? It's things like weather manipulation. It's things like space weaponry. A lot of this relates to the increase in sort of military and intelligence operations in the satellite and suborbital platform. Um, there was one. So we'll leave it there. Wonderful video. I don't know if anybody saw it of the minister uh, well, we'll, we'll of Alberta, listen to Canada, yeah. and he was taking. It, it was actually Manitoba. It was it was the premier of Manitoba. She's talking about the premier of Manitoba here. So hold on, I'll just back it up just a little tiny bit where she says it's the minister of Alberta. It's Manitoba. Minister uh, of Alberta, Canada. And he was taking um, questions from the audience. And uh, somebody came in and said, you know, why won't you let us have ivermectin for COVID-19? And he completely did a non sequitur because when you work in politics, you're taught if you get a question you don't want to answer, just... Uh, say thank you, that's a great question, and then do a non sequitur and answer the question you wish you'd gotten. And so he says, oh, you know, it's so wonderful about the vaccination program, blah, 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 blah. And then he does another non sequitur and he said, I want to thank the people who sent the rain. If we didn't have rain because we're so dependent on the farmers and the agricultural business, we'd be in real trouble. So I want to thank the people who sent the rain. And everybody's going like, what's he talking about? He's talking about that invisible weaponry. So, right? I mean, if I said that to you, I would feel kind of like, ah, take it with a grain of salt, but it's Catherine Austin Fitz. I love, I, I kind of love how she drops the weather modification in the middle of mind control and uh, manufactured, manufactured events that look like natural events, but are, are actually to further the narrative. So like the Maui fires, or um, other other situations, uh, I think probably the Israel Gaza things manufactured uh, to a degree in the same way that 9-11 was manufactured, right? Like I'm not saying that people weren't harmed, I'm saying that, that the government was in on it and looked the other way in order to turn the page on something. So she drops weather, weather technology, weather modification and secret technology in the middle of the speech. And you know, it's just one of those things where we live in 2023 and like everything is, nothing is off the table, right? Everything is in play at this point in time. It's wild. It's very, it's like sliding down a ski hill on a crazy carpet. That's what it feels like. Stockwell Day says, did anyone notice how little coverage this or anything embarrassing to the state forced fake narrative about the end of the world? Uh, in legacy media, French courts ordered demolition of wind farm due to bird deaths. So they're taking down the wind farms because, yikes, those are actually environmentally really bad for birds. Oh, man, who knew? A whole lot of people knew. And they've been trying to tell people for a long time. Really, honestly, they have. Uh, Kevin says, Catherine Austin Fitz claims humanity is at war. We're at war with an enemy that's first and foremost strategy is to control your mind. And uh, she goes through this. This is, this is a minute and a half. This is actually what led me to watch the Fitz thing that I just showed you. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. She's talking about she's talking about the control um, of CBDCs, climate control, et cetera, et cetera. Um, well, it's only a minute 39. She's talking about a global coup as well. So, you know, let's listen. Let's listen to Catherine Austin Fitz for just one more minute. Here you go. In the last three years, we saw the government with dictatorial policies shut down a huge number of the small businesses in this country for no reason other than, you know, to help their friends pick up a lot of money, 
We have, you know, the latest statistics, the billionaires made another trillion dollars, 500 new billionaires. So you have an unprecedented success of the establishment engaged in vulturism capitalism. And now we're going to talk about this next week. They're in the process of trying to do to the banking system what they did to small businesses during the pandemic. So we're looking at a coup d'etat. We're staring down the bar barrel of a coup d'etat and we're staring down the barrel of a mass atrocity. If you look at the numbers of who's disabled in the workforce and the rise in all-cause mortality, this is a mass atrocity, Polly. So why anybody should, you know, I, I mean, we're in a war and somebody's trying to kill us. If you look at the, you know, coming up to the pandemic, all the, the things the search engines did to shut off access and not bring up searches that give you natural remedies. I mean, the numbers are astonishing. So make no mistake about it, every day there are millions of ways the digital systems in your lives are screening your content. They're screening what information comes to you, and they're delivering entrainment and subliminal programming that's influencing what you think. I mean, we are in a war, and the enemy's first and foremost strategy is to control your mind. The best trick the devil ever pulled was to convince the world he didn't exist, right? So the the goal of the misinformation campaign is to convince you that everything's safe, everything's effective, everything's going as planned. It's carbon tax that has to that you have to pay that's making your life unaffordable, not Joe Biden and Trudeau. Um, one of the other things as well, the idea that um, we're in a war and she says the government just went on this rip and went off after all these small businesses and, and so on and so forth. Um, and now they're doing the same thing to the banks. When you take cars, when, when you take away products that people want and you replace it with products that people don't want and then people can't afford anything, they stop buying those products. And that will put pressure, like all those loans, that's like the bread and butter for banking. Know what I'm saying? So all those car loans, all those you know mid-level loans. Now we're going to have to use that money to instead buy an Optimus bot to make your macaroni, right? Like while you're while you're like you know, I've always wanted a butler, you know. <laughs> but like, it's it's one of those things where they're leveraging different, they're they're pushing different level levers to achieve a result that's going to put pressure on the banks, and they're doing this, and and, and it's going to harm regular everyday people a lot a lot here is um just how much does joe biden and justin trudeau joe biden was visiting trudeau i guess uh, care about climate change here's their entourage ryan garrettson says two minutes of justin trudeau and joe biden using countless gasoline and diesel vehicles for protection and transportation I was trying to do no no volume on that uh, for protection and transportation these ideological hypocrites um, want you to have zero choice while they live as they please, right? So there's car after car after car. How much? How much in fuel costs? Never mind, just like the the salaries in these cars. Just assume like two people per car, right? Like that's two hundred thousand dollars, 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 right? So like. Holy smoke. And that's probably low, I think, probably for salary, right? If we're just assuming two, there's probably some cars with three or four people in it. There's probably some cars with people who are higher salary grade than that because we're talking heads of state and things like that. $100,000, that's nothing, right? So like, and, and we're talking taxpayer money, right? So you can pay, you can pay premium.
Hello everyone, thanks very much for watching. This is just a short version of a longer show. If you'd like to get the whole show, you can go over to canadapoly.com and sign up for a subscription. Just look in the drop down tab for shop and donate and look for subscriptions and you'll get immediate access to the full show. Love to see you. Thanks for watching everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful.